Hello, lovely humans. How are you on this fine day? Thank you so much for joining me. I'm Sarah Buino, and I'm the host of Conversations with a Wounded Healer. If this intro sounds a little bit different today, it's because I am recording in one of my fine friend's apartments. It's actually upstairs from my apartment because my internet is down. Boo-hoo. It's so funny how paralyzed we can become when our internet is not working. And literally everything that I had to do this week, I had to find another place to do it. So it's really interesting how reliant we have become on technology. At any rate, the person that I interviewed today is actually highly reliant on technology as well. And I'm so fucking excited to introduce you to Gregory Scott. So Gregory Scott is an expert tarot reader, numerologist, and astrologer from Brighton, United Kingdom. He provides people with guidance and decisions that shape their future. Gregory can perform his readings via Skype, pre-recorded video, pre-recorded MP3, and telephone. And what he doesn't say in his bio here is every single day he posts readings on YouTube. So he'll post a daily tarot reading. When there's a full moon, he'll post an astrology reading about the full moon. Every week he posts an astrology reading for the week, and he'll also do it for the month for every single sign. And this guy is so legit. And it's interesting. There's a part of me that thinks, oh, I shouldn't interview like tarot readers and astrologers. And, you know, I should only interview people who are therapists and people who are doing evidence-based work. But fuck that, because there is evidence that there's something to it. And the reason, I think I've said this on different interviews before, the reason that I've come to believe in astrology is that when I work with my clients, When you see a bunch of different people in a week and the majority of them come in with issues under the same umbrella theme, you're like, hmm, there's something to this collective unconscious, something with the stars kind of guiding us. So truthfully, that's one of the reasons that I've come to believe in astrology. And I've talked before about my therapist and how she uses astrology. And every time I've gone into her and I'm like, Susan, what the fuck is happening in the cosmos right now? And she'll tell me, and it always makes sense. And truthfully, it makes me feel better. It makes me feel like I'm not alone. So it kind of gives me that common humanity that I really need as a person who tends to isolate in my own pain. So that's my take on astrology. You don't have to be into it, but whether you're into astrology or not, you're going to be into this interview with Gregory Scott because he gets really into his own journey through addiction and how he came to find his authentic self and how he helps others find their authentic selves. So I do hope you enjoy my interview with Gregory Scott. Hello, Gregory. Welcome to Conversations with a Wounded Healer. How are you? Hi, Sarah. I'm great. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I am, I'm so excited. I was fangirling out just a second ago. So I just want to tell you and the listeners how this came to be. I'm super curious about astrology. My therapist knows a lot about astrology, so she talks about it all the time. And every time I've watched or listened to somebody talk about astrology, I just kind of tune out because it's too complicated and it's just not relatable. And so one of my best friends sent me your video for the full moon on May 18th. And First of all, I understood everything you were saying and I laughed my ass off. You said (laughs) you said something about like, uh, here, Pluto, you fix this for me. LOL. Thanks. (laughs) I was like, that is an astrologer I can get behind. And I've been listening to your stuff every day now. So I am just super excited to hear more about your story and, and all the details. 
And I like to keep things simple because I need things to be simple to understand them as well. And astrology can be really dry. Yes. It can be a lot to like Mars is this and no, 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 no. It can get very boring. So I try and simplify it so it's accessible. And I also try and kind of, you know, inject a bit of humor into it. So it's not like the planets are ruling your life. (laughs) (laughs) And well, you do so well. I appreciate you. Thank you. Yeah. And astrology is not all you do. Do you want to tell the listeners kind of the totality of your services? Yeah, what I do is I call myself an intuitive astrologer. I use numerology, tarot and astrology. And I have so much earth in my sign. I'm a Virgo and I'm a very practical person. So Mm -hmm. I haven't been very spiritual for the entirety of my life. I kind of had a spiritual awakening when I was 29 and I started to meditate. Mm. And I'd always been interested in the tarot. But once I started to meditate, I really kind of increased my intuition and it Mm. just became stronger and stronger. So because I'm so earthy, the divination systems I use, I read the symbols. And as I read the symbols, I kind of get intuitive messages in. Mm -hmm. So that's why I don't say I'm just a straight up astrologer or a tarot reader, because I do take my own messages and intuition into account when the messages come in. Mm -hmm. So the tools are just a doorway for me to open into my own kind of intuition. So like a psychic medium would need nothing and would just kind of receive messages. I need these tools to tap into my messages. And it was probably only nine months ago when I finally understood that that's what tarot is. It's just a tool in order to read yourself. And tarot's like, it's become a daily part of my spiritual routine. Oh, I love the tarot cards. I found my first deck at 11 when I was at my grandmother's house. And something just drew me to them. So yeah, I've been doing the tarot my whole life. And I just love the cards. And I would recommend anyone to do the tarot because it gives you so much clarity and it gives you perspective on things and you can never pull the wrong card. Right. It's the law of attraction at work. If you have any questions, you just intend it, you pull a card and you get an answer. It's the best. I love them. Right. There was a time where I was trying to make a really difficult decision and Of course, I pull the two of swords. Makes sense. (laughs) Right. I know. And I look online and I'm like, okay, I could pull a card for, you know, one answer and pull another card for the other. And one card, (laughs) it was basically, do I like walk away from a a negative situation or potentially negative? And the one card for, yes, I should stay. If I stay in it, it would be the tower. And then if I walk away, it was the ace of pentacles. Oh, lovely. So that's a pretty clear message. Right. And I told one of my friends and I I had this fear of her thinking that I was letting the cards make the decision for me. But I was trying to be very clear and say, no, 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 it's not the cards making the decision. It's the cards reading what I truly want to do. And this kind of giving me permission to do that. Right. It's confirming what you already feel. Yeah. You didn't give yourself permission to feel it or you didn't know it's like on a conscious level. Right. I get a lot of people when I do readings for them, they often say, thank you for confirming what I felt, but I couldn't articulate it. I now have the confidence to do that because you don't know me and you've just read my chart and you've just told me all of the things that I've been mulling over and kind of thinking about doing but I didn't feel like I was able to do it. Yeah. A lot of people just want permission. Exactly. And it's, yeah. it's funny that as a therapist, I'm doing the same thing. I need to be, I guess, courageous enough to bring tarot into therapy because I know some of my clients would be super into it. Yeah. 
and others wouldn't. Right, right. Oh, yeah. I know who not to bring it for, <laughs> yeah. for sure. For yeah. sure. But I tend to attract kind of a woo-woo crowd. So, okay. yeah. Well, I'd really love to hear more about your history. And I hear that you were using the tarot from the age of 11 and meditating at 29. And I know you're in recovery. I am, yeah. Wherever you want to start with your story and how you got to where you are, having thousands and thousands and thousands, you guys, like thousands of YouTube followers. <laughs> So how did you get here? Well, I discovered the cards and there are a lot of symbols in the cards, astrological symbols, and they kind of led me to astrology because I always want to know what everything means. As a Virgo, I just absorb information. (laughs) I listen to everything. Even if people are just droning on and I try and tune them out, I can't. I just have to listen to everything. (laughs) So I started looking at astrology myself when I was a teenager and I mm. read books about it. But like we said earlier, I found it really dry and hard going because yeah. there was a lot to learn and it was really boring. <laughs> what did interest me was the mythology. Like yeah. I've always loved Medusa and the Minotaurs and Medea and Hermes and all of those beautiful stories from mythology. I used the tarot mainly through my 20s to just, you know, as a tool and as like a party trick. And I didn't Mm. really take it very seriously because I'm an addict and an alcoholic. And when I was 29, I'd finished everything by then. I'd finished all the drugs. And the only thing that was left was alcohol. Mm-hmm. And I stopped smoking everything. I was just drinking. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to get super healthy now. And I'm going to get rid of the alcohol as well. And I'm going to just have this amazing life and start going to the gym. And like be super fit. <laughs> right. It's a miracle. Yeah. I realized I couldn't stop drinking. And I was like, oh, my. Oh. So I went to meetings. Mm-hmm. And they really freaked me out. The <laughs> meetings I went to. They didn't stick to the original AA script. It was oh, more really? like a like weird little cult that they had going. Oh. Um, so I ended up in treatment. I went to see a psychiatrist and he said, mm-hmm. let's get you into treatment. So I went into a treatment facility, which was 12-step based. And they had group therapy and everything. And at that time, I was such a mess. I was so mentally destroyed mm. that for me, my rock bottom was I was in the supermarket And I was standing there and I couldn't move for 30 minutes because I was just so overwhelmed by everything. And I just stood there and I was like, I don't know where to go. And I just had this Mm. total meltdown. And I was like, okay, I need help. Because I was always like, you know, I always had a plan. I always had a way to get out of things. I was always like ducking and diving and like ways to not accept responsibility for (laughs) anything I did. Mm -hmm. So in treatment, I was so scared. I had such horrible social anxiety that I developed. Mm. I couldn't speak in front of more than two people at a time. So my voice, vocal cords would close up and I was just terrified. The psychiatrists and stuff, they put me on medications and they said I'd have to stay on these medications for life and all of that stuff. I came out of the treatment center. I really threw myself into AA. I don't do things by half. So um, (laughs) I'm extreme in everything. Mm -hmm. So I drank extremely. So obviously I had to go do six meetings in one day. Oh, my God. That's extreme. (laughs) Just special like that. Right. So I did lots of meetings for the first year. I did two meetings a day. Wow. And when I see people coming into the rooms these days, I'm just like, why are all these people in such good shape coming in here? (laughs) Because when I came in, I was like, 
<laughs> shaking. I couldn't yeah. stay on the seat. I couldn't speak. I couldn't look anyone in the eye. Yeah. I was terrified. I was sweating buckets. And I see these newcomers coming in these days and they're like, hi, everybody. My name is like, wow. do you even need to be here? Do you have a problem? Um, anyway, <laughs> I did have a problem. After the first year, I really realized how nuts I really was, like mm-hmm. looking back on that first year. And then at two years, I was just like, wow, I've come a long way. And I really had been insane, like yeah. for my 20s. It's been my ninth birthday. Congratulations. Thank you. And every year it's got better and better. But in the rehab, they were kind of direct with me. And one of the counselors just said, uh, Greg, once you get out of here, you need to get a sponsor and you need to do the steps. But when you do your 11th step, you need to find a genuine connection with a higher power. Mm-hmm. That's a genuine connection. Otherwise, you're going to relapse and die. Oh, OK. That, that's like, that. <laughs> and that's that. I need people to talk to me directly. Like if mm-hmm. someone kind of wishy washies around it, you need to be direct with me to get through to me because I'm just like, yeah, whatever. Right. So I took that on board. I was like, wow, OK. And I tried different meditation things. I ultimately ended up with one that did work for me. And TM, it was, right? Yeah. Transcendental yeah. Meditation. Mm-hmm. And it was like, hallelujah, it was like an epiphany moment. Like I could take the washing machine that never ends. I could take off for the first time. And also, you know, I'm gay and loneliness had always been this huge factor. And it's like, Mm. oh, you know, if you had my life, you'd drink too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Woe is me. Yeah. Woe is me. Mm -hmm. And I'm all alone. So the drugs and the booze are like my best friends. And Mm -hmm. I'm entitled to drink because no one loves me. Right. I'm all alone and stuff. And the meditation, it really filled that hole in the soul, as they call it in the rooms, you know, that gap, because it really made me feel like there was a higher power there that really loves Mm. me. And I identified as an atheist, really Mm. in my 20s, but I wasn't I was just angry at God. I grew Uh, up in South Africa, and it was very fundamentalist Christian. uh And my parents were like Christian, but we went to church once a year at Christmas, you know, it was that kind of Christianity, right? And they sent me to this boarding school at 10. Hmm. And it was a born again, Christian kind of boarding school. Mm. And I realized I was gay at like 11, 12. And Mm. I was just like, Oh, shit. I'm like one of those people on the news. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm fucked. And I was like, oh, my God. The school was like, you're going to burn in hell. You know, like mm-hmm. whenever the theme of gay people came up, it's like, well, you know, those are just sinners and stuff. So at that point, I was like, you can't trust anybody. You have to keep the secret. Mm. And that's something I still struggle with. It's just like I keep people at arm's length because, Hmm. which is weird because I go on the internet and I talk about everything and I have no secrets at all. And I just run my mouth (laughs) endlessly. (laughs) And I'm like super authentic. I feel like I have to be for some reason online for people to really know me. But then in my personal life, I'm really shy and it takes ages for me to open up. But Mm. Yeah, so it's a weird dichotomy, but 
I understand that because there's a certain level of performance that is authentic because I do the exact same thing. The vulnerability that I share is not vulnerable for me, but it seems vulnerable to other people. But I'm just like, fine sharing that. But my intimate stuff, like, nah, that's only for my inner, inner, inner circle. Right. I totally get that. Yeah, because you kind of abstracted like the story of, you know, how I ended up in rehab. By telling it to other people, it's like you abstract it and it didn't really happen to you and it can't hurt you anymore. It takes the power out of it. Mm -hmm. So when I talk about things that really are heartbreaking, then I feel like by making a video about it, it can't touch me anymore. And Mm. people watching the video are like, oh my God, you're so authentic and honest. And Mm -hmm. I made a he dumped me video once. (gasps) Is that still uh, on YouTube somewhere? I want to find that. It's still on YouTube. People love that because Mm. seeing me in pain is like super interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Well, anyone in pain. I mean, that's reality TV, right? Yeah. Like people love to see other people suffer. So I've got quite a few views on that. But I need to take it down soon because whenever I'm I'm like online dating and stuff, people oh, watch that video. <laughs> and one guy I had I'd arranged a date with oh, him no. and he's like, actually I just saw your he dumped me video and I don't think we're a match anymore. Oh. I think I'm, I'm gonna cancel this appointment. Oh no. no. But, so I use the internet and I use videos like that to get rid of stuff, you know? And mm-hmm. it's really cathartic for me. So once I came out of the treatment facility, I started to meditate and I really listened to my guidance. And one day I was meditating and in my meditation, it says, become a school teacher. Hmm. And I was like, oh, okay, well, <laughs> I don't know anything about children and I've got social anxiety. So how's that going to work? I've got a master's degree in journalism. So I studied mm. in, in Cardiff and in, in Sydney and wow. it's a whole complicated thing. Like I've never felt at home anywhere because we moved around so much. Hmm. And so I was looking for my home and I was looking for love and I was just looking to anchor myself to anything really. I worked as a journalist in Amsterdam for a couple of years, but I was miserable. So hmm. when this school thing came up, I was like, okay, because part of the program is also that you're meant to be of service to people. Mm-hmm. And I thought that by teaching, I could be of service to people. And mm, I wasn't a very good teacher, so I don't know how much service I did. But it cured my social anxiety, which was good. Yeah. So it now allows me to speak in front of people. Although even doing this kind of interview, like at the beginning, my voice was shaking a little bit. I Mm. do still kind of get it sometimes. But then I kept meditating because I really didn't enjoy being a teacher. And I got the message one day in my meditation. And it's very banal and simple. And it just said, take your daily tarot reading and put it on YouTube. And I didn't know anything about YouTube. I thought you had to like pay to upload or to be Mm -hmm. invited or special or something. (laughs) And I just did that. And I'm still doing it. I would have never come up with the idea because Mm. It just didn't occur to me. So I started doing that and it started to turn into a business. People said, can you read the cards for me? And I was like, oh, wow, okay." Because my father was born in 1930s Germany. So Ah. it was like a very different generation. And he said, get your degrees Mm -hmm. and get a proper job, you know, and fit into the system. The problem with me is that I'm a total weirdo and I can't fit into the system. (laughs) Same, same. Yeah. Okay, so you can relate. Like 50-year-old men hate me. Oh, yeah. (laughs) They don't like the homo from South Africa who's like (laughs) always talking about his feelings, you know, like... (laughs) 
They're just like, we want you to sell a product, just shut up. So I was like, okay, so I'm not fitting in, I'm not enjoying this. I started doing the videos on YouTube. And before that, while I was a teacher, I'd taken a distance learning course in astrology as well for like mm. two, three years or something. So I was able to do the astrology. So I started doing the tarot readings. I added the astrology to it. Mm. And it kind of started generating an income. But because I'm an earth sign, money to me has been a huge thing in my life. Like I was just so broke in my 20s. Mm. It was just horrific. It was like this poverty spiral that you can't get out of. You know, mm -hmm. you live month to month. And the companies that I worked for deliberately did that so you wouldn't quit because you need your monthly income. Oh, yeah. You know, you can only just get by for the next 30 days. Yeah. So I think that's the law of manifestation. If you desperately want money and you do work for the money, you'll never see a cent because you're mm. squeezing the life out of it. Money is an energy and it just runs away from you, right? Wow. It's like anything. If you want love, if you desperately need to be loved, then you squeeze the life out of love, which is an energy, and it just you'll never see anyone care about you. When mm -hmm. you fill that hole in yourself, so if you feel rich inside yourself, if you feel loved internally, which I've only been able to do through meditation. Yeah. So that's a gift from the universe to me. Mm -hmm. It's when you feel that need internally that it's matched externally. Yeah. So because I felt richer inside of myself and I didn't feel like it doesn't matter if I live in a crummy little place, it doesn't reflect on me as a person. It doesn't mean that I'm not valuable as a human being. I have value and money has nothing to do with that. Mm -hmm. And once I got that, I started to make a bit of an income with these readings. And once it was half of my day job's income as a teacher, I actually thought, you know what, I'm going to let go of the teaching. I'm going to take a risk. I'm going to mm -hmm. make these readings full time. And I was able to bring the income back up to what I was earning as a teacher. Wow. And I had my own job, my own business. Yeah. And I could have never imagined that. No one in my family has been self-employed. Wow. And me, the social anxiety, <laughs> drug addict, alcoholic... <laughs> Like something being on right. YouTube is like, what the fuck? So it was very surprising. So so that's how you got here. That's how I got onto YouTube. It was given to me. I could have never imagined it myself. I love your story. Thank you for sharing all of that. And I try to tell people that too, about like when you're on your path, the, the universe wants you to be on things just kind of roll out like the red carpet and not that yeah. not that there's no pain involved in that and no hard work but it's been like the past five years since I've owned my own business where I really am trying to get with my higher self and get authentic answers and whenever I make a choice that's off my path I can feel it the vibration is different and I yeah. can just feel and it you struggle yeah yeah <laughs> that is an understatement yeah yeah if I'm in charge of my life, I run it into the ground. Yeah. My best thinking gets me into rehab. Right. So I have to right. get out of the driver's seat and let my higher self take over and take charge of my life. And I have to trust it. That's a huge thing as well. Right. But once you start to see the higher self taking over and mm -hmm. changing your life for the better, you have evidence and you can see it right. working in your life. So I'm totally hands off. I'm just like universe 
tell me what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I try and input as little of myself as I possibly can. Yeah. And you say that you're a weirdo. And yeah. I think I'm a weirdo too. But I think the way that Western culture has has shaped our thinking is what's weird, truly. Because when we are when we are living with our higher self, things are functioning much, much better. I mean, I see people every day in treatment who come in and they've got these amazing jobs and these amazing families. And they're like, why am I not happy? And I'm like, this isn't your life. You've right. created something that's not yours. Yeah. I see it all the time. And I try. It's It's society that's sick. Yes. Yes. It's our culture that tells us we need all of these things to be happy. And that's why I think everyone could benefit from the 12 steps, because as a society, we're not doing very well, I think. So I don't Mm -hmm. mind being labeled as a weirdo because, yes, I don't fit into the norm and the conventions of this society. And I'm proud of that. Yeah. Because the norms and conventions of this society are greed and cruelty and competition. Scarcity. Yeah. And not caring about your fellow man. And I really don't want to be part of that. I think there's enough room for everybody. Agreed. Agreed. And I, I totally agree with you about everybody should be in 12 step, like being an addiction therapist, I always felt like a little bit of a of an imposter not being in recovery from substances myself. But after I joined Al-Anon and really started understanding the 12 steps from the inside, it really Mm -hmm. did change my practice. And I teach social work students and one of the assignments for it's basically like substance abuse 101. And one of the assignments is that they have to go to a 12 step meeting and then do a presentation and write a paper on it. Yeah. And I just had a class last night and they were thanking me for giving them this assignment. And they're like, this was the coolest thing that I've ever done. And I can't wait to go back. And I'm going to bring my friends. I'm trying to get them all to go to Al-Anon because they don't all need to be in AA necessarily. But I'm pretty sure there is a 12 step program for literally everything. I believe there's even a chapstick yeah. anonymous. So like, <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, wow. Yeah. I thought I was going to have to go to anonymous anonymous at one point because I was addicted <laughs> to meetings. <laughs> no, but, uh-huh. uh, when I first went, I was like, okay, what's the hidden agenda here? When's the other shoe going to yeah. drop? Because I don't trust anybody. And why would these people be talking about something? And then I heard the word God and I was like, oh, here we go. Out of here. Yeah. It's the church trying to get me to kind of feel guilty about who I am and blah. blah. But mm-hmm. then I realized it wasn't like that. It was a God of your own understanding. Because anything up until that point, if God was involved, I didn't qualify because I was an abomination. You know, I felt rejected. So when I got into the meetings, it was such a weird experience to have people in this society actually sit there and admit that they have flaws and fears and problems. You don't get that anywhere else. Like at jobs, if you're working in an office, people are always just like, oh, my life is just so fabulous. And we're going to the Bahamas next week and check out the pictures. Look how happy we are. And, you know, behind closed doors, everyone's like miserable. Mm -hmm. So you don't get that in normal life. It's so important for people to go to meetings because it's like you make instant friends with people all over the world because they're just being honest and they're there. I just love being part of the 12 steps because I can go to a meeting in France and I can immediately meet people who understand what I'm going through completely because they're in exactly the same boat. And it's such a gift. And I didn't really realize because I was an ungrateful brat my whole life. really. 
know? Wow. And I was like, I went to my first meeting at 18, and I just oh. thought, these people just don't know how to do drugs properly. That's what they're all That is not the first time I've heard that. That's awesome. I was just like, well, I can do it better. So you people are like losers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but when I went back, it was just like, oh, my God, this is like it's a network of people all over the world mm-hmm. that I've tapped into. And it's just a miracle. You can't pay for that. It's amazing. Yeah. And that's what I tell clients. It's free. And you can figure out a way to relate. Yeah. Look for the similarities, not the differences. But part of the human condition, I think, is to want to feel different and to want to feel special. So people who get like caught up in that terminal uniqueness, those are the folks I see really, really struggling. Or I also Mm -hmm. see over and over, once people get to their fourth step, it's too much shame that they can't Mm -hmm. tolerate, that they continue to go back to using. Yeah. I found that surprising because I am like born in Germany. I'm gay. I'm an astrologer. (laughs) And if I can identify in the Mm -hmm. rooms and if I can feel like I'm just the same as everybody else, it doesn't get much more niche than me. Right. But the other thing is when I got to my step four, I couldn't wait to do it because I was just like, I am such a mess. Please show me why I am so full of self-hatred and why I can't look at myself in the mirror. Let's please just do this. Like my inventory sheets, we did it with sheets, you know, with the Mm -hmm. columns. Yep. And I had like, I think, 33 pages of fears. Wow. They talk about the hundred forms of fears and I was just riddled with fear. Yeah, yeah. I didn't have that many resentments. I Well, a couple of pages. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't have a lot of sexual harm. That wasn't my mm-hmm. issue. My big thing was the fear. That's how I was crippled, mm, really. Right. So I just I couldn't wait to look at that stuff, to let it go, you know, and to share it with someone because... It's like, wow, I've just shared the deepest, darkest, worst things about myself that I have been so afraid of. Like, I'm going to take this to my grave. And I've just shared mm. it with someone and they've been like, oh, yeah, I've heard so much worse. And I was right. like, oh, my God, like, what? Like, I yeah. can exist with other people. It made me right-sized. You yeah. know, like, I was a tiny little nothing, like a smurf, <laughs> size-wise, in terms of my self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And once I shared that with another person, I just grew by six foot. Yeah. <laughs> it was amazing. I just felt like reconnected to humanity. And it makes sense because when you talk about your fears kind of being the biggest thing and then meditation giving you a connection to a higher power, that kind of transformed into faith, right? And so I think yeah. faith is the cure to fear. Absolutely. And it's not something that happens overnight. Right, right. It's like the whole thing of, I can say I'm an alcoholic, but the saying it and admitting it is one thing, but for it to be anchored and for you to actually feel it, right? that takes months. And mm-hmm. with the faith thing, I can meditate and, you know, sit cross-legged and go arm um, and stuff. Mm-hmm. And I can do that for a while, but to actually feel a connection with something out there that loves you and that's bigger than you mm-hmm. and that has an amazing plan for your life, that takes a while to build. Yeah. With the whole faith thing, I was always like, 
it's all right for you people who are dumb enough to have faith. You right, know, because, right. It's a crutch. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I wish I was as dumb as you so I could just have faith and have this crush <laughs> in my life. Yeah. But I'm just so intelligent and so special that you know? I just don't get to believe and I just don't get to have that support in my life. Mm-hmm. And when I was able to let go of that and realize that I'm just like everyone else, and that I'm not really that clever at all. Mm-hmm. And I saw the evidence in my life. That's when I was able to start having some faith. Yeah, that's such a cool transformation. It is. I feel like I'm living two lifetimes in one. I often really feel that about many of my clients and the people that I see who identify as alcoholics and addicts that like, yeah. how the fuck have you done so many things in your in one lifetime? It's crazy. It's like yeah. definitely like cats with nine lives for sure. Right. I feel like I'm the same person, but I'm a completely different person. Yeah. I'm always that little five-year-old boy who doesn't have a clue. Yeah. But I pretended to have a clue for the first 29 years, and I put on this big facade and this Mm -hmm. front. And now that's just been stripped away, and I just try and be as genuine as possible. And by doing that and not getting involved in my life, that's such a weird thing to say, but keeping my thinking out of my life, trying to keep what I think is best for me out of my life and instead deferring to something bigger than me that's more powerful. And that in itself for any alcoholic and addict to say, to say, I am not God, I am not the center of the universe is like error, error does not compute. Because I am like it, I'm the center of the universe and everything revolves around me. And once I was able to let go of that, it was just like, oh, I can oh, thank What a God. relief, yeah. It's such a relief, yeah. It is, it is. Well, let's shift into the healer question. I'm really curious your answer to this. Would you consider yourself a healer? Yeah, I would. Because, first of all, in the astrology, I've got Chiron in my first house, and Chiron is the wounded healer. Mm-hmm. He was the centaur who taught all the other gods medicine and then ultimately sacrificed himself. I think it was for Hercules who'd had something thrown at him that was going to kill him. Mm. So the first house is the house of self. Mm. And because I've been in so much pain for the majority of my life, first of all, I feel I can empathize with other people's pain Mm -hmm. and I have compassion for it and I understand it and I can relate to it. And second of all, I have a tool by the astrology to take that pain and to transform it into something that's going to be that person's biggest strength. Because Mm -hmm. once you heal your wounds, that's what Chiron is all about. It's like, it's the biggest problem in your life until you transform it to become your greatest strength. It's like a scar. If you cut your skin, once that cut is healed, the scar tissue is much stronger than the skin around it. Yeah. When you actually face your fears and you embrace them, and then you look at how you can rebuild in an authentic way, and that's what the astrology and the tarot helps you do because it gives you a roadmap for what you're good at, what your life purpose is. And Mm -hmm. it's like a shortcut to, you know, if you're meditating and if you're doing the best, but you're not getting all the answers, Mm -hmm. it's like a shortcut. It's a support system. It's like a scaffolding that holds you while you're discovering things for yourself. And it gives you a plan that's healing in itself because you're now taking action in your life. You feel like you're back in control to a certain extent while working with your higher self that says, 
we're going to do things together. We're going to work on good things. We're going to work on things that are healthy and positive and that are going to make our life better. So for me to be a facilitator and be in the middle of that and talk to someone who's in pain, to look at their chart, to analyze it, to see what they're good at, to tell them this is what you're good at, try it, for them to actually then do that and thrive and to watch that transformation is such a privilege for me. Right. Yeah. And that's what I consider healing. So yeah. I would consider myself a wounded healer because I'm in pain and trying to make the best of my life. And that's what I try and do for the people I work with as well. Yeah. And when you were talking, I was just thinking about people who really have this desire to do something that's not aligned with their higher purpose, like public speaking, for instance. Yeah. I'm just I'm just kind of thinking about that. And right. the, the pain that I watch people go through trying to fit themselves like into this box that's not right for them. Mm. Do you find clients come to you like they're like, I'm really trying to get this gig off the ground and it's not working and and da 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 and I'm imagining the cards just show you like, yeah, you're supposed to be like driving a truck or something like totally different. Yeah, I do. People who are totally out of touch with their own feelings and their own intuition mm -hmm. sometimes are on completely the wrong path. I've got people who are meant to be communicative healers. So mm -hmm. therapists and hypnotherapists and even physical healers like massage therapists, chiropractors, yeah. nurses, doctors working in sales. Yes. I get people who are totally out of touch with their own nature. And then I say, well, do you know what? I'm sorry, but I disagree. I don't think you should be the number one salesperson in the country. I think mm -hmm. that you need to retrain and do this. But it's my opinion. Certainly mull that over and decide for yourself. This is just what I think. Mm -hmm. And no one's going to have a better understanding of you and your life than you yourself. So that kind of message forces people to look within at least and to check yeah. in with themselves for the first time sometimes. But a lot of the people I speak to are really in touch with themselves anyway. Mm -hmm. And they're just too scared to step into the role that they want to be doing. Yeah. They already have the right idea and there's a lot of fear and mm -hmm. they just need someone to give them permission to say, do you know what? You can work independently. You can express mm -hmm. your own unique views. Yes, it's okay if not everyone agrees with you. Yeah. But that is your part. That's your purpose. Personally, I feel that a lot of people, most people, I mean, they're the lucky ones who know that they're a veterinarian at seven. Right. They're the lucky one. But most people fulfill their life purpose in their 40s, 50s, and 60s. It's not like an overnight right. thing. Right. It really isn't. You grow into it. I keep trying to remind myself that because I just turned 40 and I'm like, but there's so much left to do in this lifetime. There I don't is. have time. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday. And yeah, right? like if you're 40, that's when you're really an adult and that's when you're right. starting to do the right things for you. Because yeah. society boxes us in as well. Society, mm -hmm. like, I mean, my dad, he wanted the best for me, you know. So he says, you're very verbal. You never, you know. <laughs> so do something <laughs> like journalism. Yeah. And do something like with communication. But it just wasn't the right box for me. And right. no vocational counselor is going to say, oh, I think you should be <laughs> an intuitive sound healer with um, using crystals on the side, oh, you know? Man, they right? just don't have that in their list of jobs to tell you. So I figuring know. it out yourself takes a while. 
you just said crystals and yeah. my heart just burst because I am so obsessed with crystals. Tell me how you use your crystals. Well, I'm very earthy. So I do everything very simply. I hold the crystals and feel the energy and just close my eyes and just connect with them. That's mm -hmm. it. Oh, well, okay. Fine. <laughs> I wanted some magical answer. <laughs> There's not a lot of magic with yeah. me. There's not a lot of hidden mystery secrets. It's mm -hmm. like, when am I going to meet the love of my life? Um, usually the answer is once you raise your vibration yeah. to actually match the right person coming in. Yeah. And then it looks good in January and February. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's really like dry and clear cuts and I'm not a fortune teller. I'm someone mm -hmm. who identifies what you're putting out there, what you're going to get back as a result of that, how you can change that, and how you can be what you want to get, because that's the only way to get it. Yeah. We're coming up on the end of the hour, and I want to make sure people know how to get in touch with you. I think you offer like an intro astrology class or an intro tarot class. Tell people all the things that they can use you for. <laughs> Thank you. I've got tarot course on my website mm -hmm. and I priced that really cheaply because I want everyone to be able to read the tarot because it is such mm. an amazing tool. And as soon as you pick it up and as soon as you start reading it, it takes your intuition to the next level because mm -hmm. it's like it forces you to think along those symbolic lines. The intuition is like any muscle. The more you use it, the stronger it gets, right? Yep. This is from someone who never goes to the gym, by the way. <laughs> That's how that's supposed to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So the intuitive muscle is like, just pick up a deck of tarot cards and it's not that hard memorizing them. If you put out a couple of cards every day mm -hmm. in a month or so, you'll remember what they mean. But also the great thing is that they're visual, they're symbolic. You can read them mm -hmm. but just by looking at some of them. Yeah. I also offer personal readings on gregoryscott.com. And in my personal readings, I combine all three divination systems. Mm -hmm. So astrology, tarot, and numerology. So I draw up your chart by using your place of birth, date of birth, and time of birth. If you don't know the time of birth, you can order something called a chart rectification. Hmm. That's where I take 10 life events. So when hmm. you graduated, when you moved country, uh. when you dumped someone, when you had a child. And I can work out your time of birth. Once I have the chart, it's a snapshot of the sky. At the moment you were born, and it mm -hmm. tells me everything about you. Your life purpose, what your vocational aptitudes are, strengths and weaknesses, where the ego tries to sabotage you, mm -hmm. love, romance, finance, all of that stuff. And I use the tarot alongside that. And I also use the predictive astrology to tell people what's coming up in future. Mm -hmm. But most of the work is really about analyzing the birth charts and telling people what their natural path is, because then they are able to take their destiny into their own hands and determine their own future. Mm -hmm. So I do all of that. And you can access that on gregoryscott.com. The YouTube channel is where I do most of my free videos. So I mm -hmm. do a daily tarot reading. Which is fabulous, everyone. Please, please start watching it immediately. Oh, thank you. And I've done that for five years now, every wow. day. 
I think it's five years. I started in 2013, so now six years. Mm-hmm. So every day I do a daily tarot reading that's for everybody. It's just a kind of litmus test of what the energy of that day is going to be like for everybody. So, of course, it's going to manifest itself differently for different people watching. We're not all the same, but the energy fundamentally is the same. I do a weekly horoscope. I do monthly horoscopes for each sign of the zodiac so aries sagittarius Mm -hmm. scorpio things like that and i also do yearly horoscopes then i do little vlog videos like he dumped me (laughs) i'm gonna watch that immediately when we hang up (laughs) before you take it down i've got so much support on that video it's just it was so humbling the lovely messages i got but then i also do things like i'm in copenhagen and i i tour the city so that people can Mm. be there with me and when I go to the Eden Project and Cornwall and stuff like that. So Mm. just the people who watch me, that they get to know me a little bit and what I do in my personal life. So I do those vloggy kind of things. And then I do live readings on YouTube where I sit there with a deck of tarot cards and you can ask me questions. Oh, wow. And I will pull a card for you and I will give you an answer via the tarot. Mm -hmm. which is just a very basic, simple one card answer. It gives you a bit of a clue in terms of should I, shouldn't I? Mm -hmm. And I say the cards are saying you should, for instance. If you want a fuller reading, then you can get in touch with me via the website, gregoryscott.com. But I do the free tarot readings online on YouTube because some people can't afford a reading. And some people, it's really foggy. They have no idea whether to go left or right or whether to just stay put. Mm -hmm. And those free readings are a really good way to just give people the answers that they want. And sometimes it's just a yes or no. I'm a very kind of no frills Mm -hmm. person. It's not like, oh, the mystery of the universe is telling (laughs) me right now that, you know, it's never like that. It's never like that. So that's what I do. And that's how you can get in touch with me. You are one of the most delightful humans. I just have to tell you that. Oh, thank you. Can I just name the the link of the YouTube channel? Please. YouTube.com. And then it's forward slash tarot astrology just one word so tarot astrology together and you get to my channel or you just type in gregory scott my gorgeous little face appears and you can just click on that and then you're on my channel so it's easy to find i've been watching it daily and it's a delight it's a delight and i watched today's last night and it was exactly literally what i talked about with my therapist earlier that day You see, we all tap into the same energy. It's that collective unconscious that Jung was speaking about. We all have access to it. Yes. It's just whether we allow ourselves to go there. Yeah. That's what I try and encourage people to do, because you know the answers about you much more than any outside person will ever know. Absolutely. Your higher self, at least, does anyway, once you get the guck away. Exactly. Once you clear that thing and the dirt that obscures Mm -hmm. your connection to your higher self, once you clear that out, then you don't need people like me because you can answer those things yourself. And that's why reading the cards for yourself or just knowing what your higher self says, that's the best advice you can ever get. Absolutely. Well, this was such a pleasure. I'm so happy to get up early to talk to you. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> it's a pleasure for me to. I love talking about myself. So this Yay! is a pleasure for me as well. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So few people say that, but I also love talking about myself. So thank you. I love the sound of my own voice as well. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. That's why I have a podcast, right? <laughs> yeah. 
That's exactly why we do what we do. Thank you so, so much for listening to my episode with Gregory. Wasn't he absolutely a delight? I just can't get enough of watching him on YouTube pretty much every single day. I'm watching his readings now. So you can find more about him on our website at www.headhearttherapy.com slash podcast. And thanks as always to the Creative Imposter Studios for editing, to Liam O'Donnell for the album art, and to Ben Mueller for our theme music. To find more information about us at Head Heart Therapy, you can go to the Head Heart Therapy website. You can follow me on Instagram at Head Heart Therapy. You can follow me on Facebook at Head Heart Therapy. And what else? I don't know. You guys know where to find me. Thanks so much. Until next time. Bye-bye. Thank you.